Um, the Goddess Within, I read it probably the fastest of your previous two books. And I'm not right. even, I'm not sure, is it shorter technically? I guess it is, right? No, it's longer than uh, The Woman in White. Okay, but interesting. It's, it's like a half longer than Woman in White. And I'll I say, I'll say, I guess the stories, they didn't um, snag me as much. You know, in other words, well, I had already read the first one, as you know. But I guess the reason yeah. it took me longer to read the previous book, The Woman in White, was because the stories kind of snagged me a little bit. Like, I would stop and mm. think about them, um, perhaps more than the, the last two stories in here, in terms of yeah, they, they, halting they, my progress. Silly goof they're not supposed to be that arresting. Uh, now, I wanted to see if there was any inspiration from another book or another writer for your subtitle when you said and other enter entertainments the goddess within and other entertainments is that from any particular inspiration or is that just um i mean that's just from the word <laughs> okay uh i think i remember i'm not an expert on graham green but i think he divided his ah yeah between serious and then yeah. entertainments like the spy novels. I don't know what, yeah, spy novels, I guess, in his case. There are no spy novels or spy novellas going on here. But yeah, it's just, just uh, uh, less serious. I uh, see. Satires or parodies I or see. whatever. And then another question regarding your titling. You subtitled, well, I don't know if it's a subtitle, but Funeral Wedding Funeral parentheses, sponsored content. Now, yeah. th that was an addition, correct? In this... No, that was, that was the original title. That, oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, I thought you That's had done that title. as... Okay, good, 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 good. I That's thought you... Done the title. <clears throat> I thought you had done that to distinguish it from the other two stories or something. I just wanted to ask about that. <laughs> no. Okay, so... Yeah, I, guess, I, mean, I guess we could jump into... Well, no, I, right before we do that, I was going to ask one more question preceding that. Okay. Why these three together? Is there any particular reason or is it happenstance in your well, chronology of I guess, writing? I mean, when we were talking about uh, women and white, those stories are kind of, uh, if it's like an elective affinity between those stories. Right. Uh, these are just like the kind of, I mean, originally I was, I, well, I, yeah, I, I was looking back at my notebooks. I don't know if I ever actually had this idea to write all of them together. Um, at least in, in neither of my notebooks did I write that. But um, I, 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 yeah, I was kind of coming up with uh, farming out, like, or, or fleshing out, like, story ideas I had. And, yeah, half of them were... Or, or, I mean, more by number, I guess. Uh, the women and white stories are kind of like, yeah, like I said, a natural affinity that I, a, a, an elective affinity between those that I, I couldn't really, like, either pull those apart or um, put anything else with those. Yeah. Uh, these, I guess, it's kind of, I mean, there's not really like a thematic unity. I, I wouldn't, I, 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 I think unless about a delve it. I, yeah, I, I don't think there's, there's really any thematic unity so much, so much as if like, uh, like I said, tonally, they're, they're just goof-em-ups. They're just uh, in different ways, satires and jokes and uh, spoofs and goofs. 
It's interesting that you say that. Let's jump in. Okay, so funeral, yeah. wedding, funeral. Are you, are you including this with the spoof and goof because of your tone yeah, I, by the end? Okay. Uh, now, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, go, go, go ahead. Because yeah, this, is, this is like an uh, uh, archetypal spoof and goof for me. An archetypal. Okay, well, the thing is, clearly this is from your own life, and they are very uh, deep moments in your life where you experience something almost extraordinary, you know, from the ordinary daily boringness of uh, brushing your I teeth. Would hazard, I, would ha- I would hazard to say that, uh, so there's like a, a rawness to a lot of, the, of, of that story, which a lot, plenty of it is biographical, but I wouldn't necessarily assume rawness uh, means pure biography. <laughs> okay well this is not a personal essay or it is in your opinion uh not exactly no okay okay is it's, 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 did 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 your grandfather die and miss alma die yeah, yeah. okay um and your brother got married was, obviously a, well it was also another thing i or one thing I, I i changed was i think in the story it's implied that it's like two or three weeks or something yeah it's three weeks i don't know if it's exact okay three weeks I haven't read it since August. Sorry. I read it. I read it like briefly to make sure there weren't any uh, spelling mistakes. Um, a couple couple months ago, uh, but yeah, uh, they, they like in reality that was more like five or six weeks. Mm-hmm. It was like grandfather died like a month before my brother's wedding. Okay. Or something. All right. Interesting. And then Miss Adavi had actually gotten sick. In between, she went to the hospital once before, and then a month later, she uh, went back to the hospital. Gotcha. Um, yeah, yeah, I, clar- I kind of both, both shortened it and um, kind of uh, simplified the timeline a little bit from reality. Uh, I want to bring up a big topic, and it's kind of a heavy one and that i'm going to expect okay. you to take away from you can either just run away with it and explain what i'm about to summarize or you can just dismiss it as totally wrong um i'm i remember a long time ago we just dis- <laughs> well no a long time ago we discussed uh nihilism and uh or i i think we discussed nihilism was the was the actual subject that brought us into the topic um and you were kind of saying how uh, maybe it was related to existentialism in your reading of Camus, but you were trying. You were basically saying that should lead to more of an enjoyment or fulfillment or um, a more exciting life than what I think most people would uh, draw from it, which is oh, there's no point to life. Um, and the despair. like the, the yeah, the despair. Like the 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 page, on page seventeen, you quote Norman Brown. You talk about how people walk around under the weight of their unlived lives, um, and you have a lot of inspirations from these three encounters i think that i think you know they're pretty deep uh important things uh even though they're concise in your in your um stories here yeah. um so, so is that is that something would, that so you would this i would um i mean remember when this originally i wrote this like right after finishing uh society and it was like a very conscious i remember i think i told chase that it was like a like a cool down process from like writing in the voice of Phineas for however long, however many months 
Um, and yeah, this was like whatever fumes were left over from that book. And I guess some of the ideas left over from that book. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, a, a kind of nihilism because yeah, we use, yeah, these, these, these big loaded words that can be, um, yeah, can be applied at a lot of different points of the philosophical spectrum and call that thing nihilism. Like, um, you know, like Nietzsche is always fighting against a kind of cultural nihilism, which I think, um, yeah, this kind of cultural belief in nothing, this kind of, uh, almost like commercial, just like, uh, last man, everything just like exchange value. Nothing has like inherent quality, um, or inherent, like there's no like inherent hierarchy to quality. Um, so yeah, in, in that kind of nihilism, that kind of like cultural nihilism, that kind of last manism is certainly not what, what I'm talking about there, but like a kind of nihilism, like, uh, Phineas says near the end of the book in one of his spasms of, 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 of darker thought. Or however you want to put it, that like without nihilism, I'd have nothing. Without um, the, for in that case, he's talking about just uh, the creative, uh, the the productivity, the, the, the fecundity of melancholia. Um, that if you're like too happy, go lucky. That um, I mean, sure, that could be could be nicer. If you're too productive, I guess. If you're just out and about, you know. Uh, accomplishing things and accumulating things, um, you wouldn't be able to do the kind of things that Phineas at least values of, like, uh, you know, critical, sustained thought and, you know, coming up with his little witticisms that are just like the tip of the iceberg. Of, I mean, yeah, nihilism, without nihilism, I'd have, I'd have nothing. Just, you know, a, a little goofy wordplay that he you know, would come up with after hours and hours of thought on a bit on, you know, kind of winding his way up to that idea. Um, so yeah, yeah, these, these deep thoughts kind of, uh, translating eventually into these little like pithy witticisms. Um, yeah. So, so if you, if you were, didn't have a kind of, in his case, he's talking about like melancholia nihilism of like, you know, it's a day-to-day nihilism of like not being, uh, yeah, that, that's just like a, like a nihilism almost as just like a, like a kind of depression or nihilism as maybe not depression per se, but nihilism as a kind of color palette, I guess, in that case. Um, where, uh, I also kind of I think of the passage in Briggsville too, where he's talking about how, like, this is a similar, similar version of like, uh, kind of, kind of, what could be upsetting or could could lead to despair when he's talking about how literature in the modern contemporary times is like, or trying to produce literature is like trying to add an extra addition, an mm-hmm. extra wing onto a condemned mansion. There's yeah. like nobody, there's, there's, there's nobody watching over us. Um, another idea I, I've seen in, um, kind of like more, po- more like there, there, there's a kind of positive nihilism. I, I, I don't know exactly, but of like kind of imagining 
the just like the universe as this like unattended uh sandbox that we get to play in mm-hmm. um again the fact that it's unattended could be could lead people to despair or dread or the initial discovery of the fact that it's unattended um could be upsetting um but but for him and 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 and, and for people who yeah uh, celebrate this um yeah, it, it, it's it's unattended. It's a, it's a condemned mansion. We get to do whatever we want. Um, you know, literature is not exactly, you know, putting people on the cover of magazines. Magazines don't even matter anymore. I mean, maybe it, it is, but like, who who reads Time magazine? Um, you know, uh, Marcuse isn't like on the cover of Life magazine, and people aren't reading Life magazine. Or I remember John Updike was on the cover of Time magazine when people still read Time magazine. Um, so there's a kind of nihilism of, yeah, uh, it's, it, it, it's this, like, decrepit, literature is this, like, decrepit thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's wound into nothing, or it means nothing now. It has, like, it, it's just like this, this small circle, this small coterie of people talking to themselves. Uh, but that also can be liberating, because... I mean, you can, like, be experimental. You're not worried about, you know, this, this novel should be making the company $100 million or something. It's like, you can just do whatever you want. Um, and so, yeah, in, in, in that kind of nihilism, not just in the small commercial receptor of book selling, um, but kind of, kind of writ larger, like I was saying, the unattended sandbox of the universe Um again, can be, can be depressing, but could also be liberating. We get to do whatever we want and build whatever designs we want in the sandbox. Does that make sense? That's kind of, you're right. I could kind of take that and go for a while. <laughs> um, so in that story, um, yeah, uh, he, he, he is kind of, I would say I would I would I would I would I would characterize that like third part, the wedding part, as kind of like a transition um, from you know uh, the 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 nihilism, the realization of of of, of nihilism as you know a, a bummer to the joyful wisdom that uh, he discovers by the end. Okay. Yeah, um, you have... Yeah, he doesn't start. He talks, you know, the first few paragraphs are about, like, the scorching emotions of uh, self-disappointment or whatever. I totally forget. (laughs) I remember scorching. There's a lot of body metaphors, like bodily... Metaphors of bodily pain kind of pop up. If you recall, you... I, I got the sense that you were at a not a turning point, but sort of out of fatigue with yourself at the time you wrote this. And, but not, not, sorry, not the time you wrote it, but before Grigsbo. Right, right, right. Before you wrote Grigsbo. Um, was in the, like, setting of the moment. What do you mean? Well, you, you mean, like, at that time, when that was happening. Well, what I meant, what, what, when I took that back, I meant before Grigsbo, I think you were fatigued with your lack of productivity. And you have since remedied that in a way during this time of COVID, um, which I think has, in your head, redeemed yourself a little bit from your wasted years of not writing as much as you would like to have. 
um, not redeemed, but maybe uh, got got the ball rolling. Definitely for that character. This is one okay. thing where, like, um, I mean, you wouldn't have seen like stand up or whatever, but you know, no. it, yeah, like there were like years, I, you know, years of of, of that material. Right. Um, I don't think Winnie was even a stand up in my head. That is the name of the character, which I think I stole from you, actually. <laughs> which is a weird time to admit that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was, I mean, that's that a, that a perfect example of, yeah, you, I just, like, subtract something out of my own life, and then Winnie. what's left over is <laughs> the character having, yeah. Okay, I like that. Much bleaker couple of years, I guess. That's funny. Um, I like that. The what's left over. I understand what you mean. And I, okay, that's fair. I mean, I'm glad to know that. Um, it's certainly. It doesn't matter for the tax. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think it's just. Uh, I guess that's interesting as, as like a writerly thing. Yeah. Uh, well, I was going to say. Sometimes to write what they write from life, but like it can be done in ways that are more transformative, I guess. I don't know. Well, we kind of talked about that with other things we've read. Yeah, writing about writers. And, where um, you you did a good job transmuting your own life into the character that you invented here for this uh, essay. And I was going to say, especially reading it after Griggsville, because I had read it um, on your whatever website you had published that right, on. Right, right, way before. Um, it felt different from Griggsville for obvious reasons. Uh, it's not a oh, novel. Yeah. And then I remember you and I had discussed a long time ago, it was probably even in college, honestly, um, walking around or whatever we were doing, uh, about how when you read somebody, you can tell typically if they feel like a natural writer or a fast writer or slow, like a deliberate writer. Mm-hmm. Somehow you can tell. And it, I just wanted to say that I think reading this, um, it really feels like a very natural writer. And I've always thought about that when I think of your writing. Yeah, this was like... Uh, a couple of weeks. Like something you wrote fast, but it came off. Yeah. And that's why it felt so different from Griggsville, I whole, think. There were whole, like, um, there was, like, a day I remember, because I was trying to watch basketball, and I can't, I wrote that entire, like, conversation at the hospital, or, you know, when he was, like, talking, they talked about... Uh, different the topics. Getting traded to the Minnesota, yeah, and then, it, then the doctor comes, and they, yeah... And then it winds back to, hey, who wants to get coffee? And um, so I was trying to watch the Indiana Pacers versus the Miami Heat. And I went and wrote that in like a sitting. Okay. Yeah, and you can tell. And it's like just a way different feel from the novel that you wrote. Uh, so it shows, frankly, it shows versatility and genius, if you ask me. I mean, we haven't even talked about like the ads. <laughs> the what? The commercials, the sponsored content. We talked about funeral, wedding, funeral, but have we talked about, you know? Oh, well, listen. American Airlines. <laughs> I see, I see. Well, I'm such a stupid reader, I, that went over my head. So, yeah, we should talk about that. I see what you mean now. Um, okay. <laughs> your asides. Or? Yeah, I'm recording. So the asides okay. that kind of give emphasis to certain things like American Airlines and Pete Buttigieg and things like that. That's the sponsored content. <laughs> I got you. Love. Yeah, that's the sponsored content. That's, uh, so I was that explains the ending more. Actually, uh, it's funny because, like, I think the people who have read this, and I mean, it's fair because, like, 80 or 90% of the text is 
you know, the creed de corps of the character. Um, or these, like, I mean, by the end, it gets to, I'm glad I hadn't read the tale on uh, limit experiences because talking about what the tale would call a limit experience, um, when he's talking about, like, the contented experience of discontent, the vibrant sublime, the, um, the enthused something, it's the enthused experience of the plenitude of life, yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. Something that goes beyond, like, just sheer pleasure or pain. Um, some kind of combination of those. Yeah, um, so that's 80 or 90% of the text. But ironically, like, the whole idea started as, like, I was imagining, um, I was imagining writing, like, how I could write, like, a first person. Like, it, it, the only way that I feel like nowadays you could write, like, a first person essay like this and get it, like, published online or, you know, uh, kind of more satirically, um, would be as if, you know, every eight paragraphs at the end of each section, you had to like, you know, throw in sponsored content because you couldn't get enough eyeballs just from like, oh, look at this, you know, engaging pieces of, of first person essay. Um, you would have to like have it sponsored by American Airlines and Raytheon <laughs> and the Pete Buttigieg presidential campaign or Words with Friends or what's the second one? Is the Assateague like hotel? I forget what. Yeah, uh, the, like the Paradise place... Hotel or something. Yeah, that you vacation. Like, um, <clears throat> so that I actually started from that joke and came and like wrote backwards, which I think is part of why uh, I felt the license to be as raw because I for for that to work as well as I wanted it to. Right. The jokes at the end, the kind of like bald commercialism has to be, or it's funnier to me, the more like stark it is. Right. Um, He's like fainting on a plane and then giving the thumbs up to the camera and saying, you, you know, uh, shop at American Airlines, you know, uh, that, that, that was to me what was so funny. And, um, but yeah, that, 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 that was ironically, I think the thing that people so far have, have reacted to, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what you, how much you would react to or just say, oh, that's funny or whatever. Um, that was the start. That was the genesis. Well, it and came it, off like shaped the whole thing, actually, because, like I said, yeah, uh, it it it, it kind of made 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 me go for go for the extremist version of the first eighty or ninety percent of each of those sections. Yeah, something about it. It's it's in such contrast to what you say right previous to it <laughs> that um, it comes off as sad. I don't know what other word. What word should I use? It's like yeah, sad is sad is fair. Because again, I mean, I was I was thinking of modern journalism when I was coming up with that. So <laughs> depressing and well, the ending is is about words with friends, sort of an ad for words with friends, <laughs> right after such a great paragraph about. I don't know if there's a perfect word for it for being enlivened by the full plenitude of the human condition, and then you talk about King Lear, and it's that would be the perfect ending, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And then all of a sudden, yeah. we talk about words with friends, which is. In stark contrast to... Maybe uh, I would know the word if I played more <laughs> words with friends. 
<laughs> and you can just imagine this writer just like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> like, okay, the shit eating grin, like, yeah, fine. Yeah. Good, yeah. good one. I like, I like, I like it more now that I consider that as. I don't know how that went over my head. I'm just a dumb person. Sponsored content. I guess I didn't notice that initially yeah. in the time I read it the first time. So I guess to me. Well, like I said, it's only you know fifteen or it's it's only the the kickers at, yeah, yeah, at yeah, the yeah. end of each of those sections. Well, I should have gotten. And that. by the way, <laughs> one last thing to say about that is that Pete Buttigieg thing. That is actually a thing from his. I was going to say platform. He wrote I believe internships you. <laughs> for all. I believe access you. to not even internships, access to internships for all. <laughs> like why would you even write that? Jesus Christ. Like for that's just why who who why would you, even if you were going to do that, why would you write about it? That's so fucking boring. <laughs> the fact that that was a promise that he was making to the American people is just and who likes internships except for people with master's degrees? Like, who the fuck is doing internships except for these, like, journalism dorks and politics dorks? Jesus Christ, that was... <laughs> I know that, that, like, seared into my brain. And this wasn't even, like, that close to the... I, I wrote this, you know, six or seven months after he dropped out of the presidential campaign. Um but man, when he's our new president in 2032 after Trump's second term, it's going to fucking suck. It's going to suck really hard. Let's not think about it. <clears throat> okay. But yes, that, that was very memorable, the internships for all part. That was very uh, out of the blue. Because um. <laughs> you're talking about like the accidents that led... I mean, that, 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 speaking of biography versus... like. Uh, uh, inflation of biography. That's pretty, like, uh, bi- biographical. My best friend's mom was, you know, from a small town in Iran. How how did she get to Gaithersburg, Maryland? Mm-hmm. At one point, it did include an internship. <laughs> I think. Miss Albert. Yeah, that might have been an actual job, though, actually. It might have actually been a job. I don't know. She was an accountant, so I don't, I don't know how many accounting internships there really are. Well, do unpaid. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so that was real. That 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 was from the campaign, good. and also from my friend's mom's life. I was going to say you did a good job memorializing her, Miss Alvy, Alvy, and then um, your grandfather. I thought it was a very, um, a well-written, uh, mm. less you know, not black and white, very. Um, personal account of him, and then the wedding uh, like, kind of added a reprieve to the funerals, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a lot about the wedding, because I mean, what is there to say about this? They did it. It happened. But I mean, you you, you used it well for a uh, a reprieve. Yeah. And then to talk about Raytheon. <laughs> <clears throat> Arguably the silliest of those, but yeah. Uh, Oh, that is my favorite line in, I think, the whole thing, when I was rereading it a couple months ago, or at least, like, the line that made me laugh the most, like, on rereading, when he's talking about, because he's talking about diversity, and oh, I yeah. seen, like, a, 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 a thing for Raytheon during Pride Week, and it's like, come on, fucking sit this one out, the makers of bombs, <laughs> like, 
who gives a fuck what you think about, you know, <laughs> lesbians? It's not going to help. Um, but yeah, and, and yeah, he's like looking around at his family and he's like, my gay uncle and my, I forget what else. And then, it was like his gay uncle and uh, I don't know, like the Korean family and a disabled person and my diabetic cousin. <laughs> <laughs> the idea of that as like a diversity thing was really funny to me. Um when you're trying to like, I was like a trying to stretch the DEI thing, trying to stretch the diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's like you know, uh, a lot of white people do not have a lot of <laughs> examples to go with. So yeah, my diabetic cousin. <laughs> I counts. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say your favorite line was about Northern Virginia when you said its splendor is an excrescence of their affluence, which I underlined oh. <laughs> about Raytheon. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's funny, too. Okay, now, can we, are we going to move on to the second yeah, you story? Yeah, that was after Phineas. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, the title, The Titular Story. The Titular Story, yeah, you stole that line from me. Damn it. The Goddess Within, <laughs> the titular story here of the of the book. I was going to uh, ask you... the title story <clears throat> because it's the longest, and because in my head it was like the goofiest. Well, it's and definitely the goofiest, I was going to say, in terms yeah. of your uh, it's just a insistence. structure that I was hanging on jokes, hanging jokes upon. So yeah, it just says women in white, or woman in white was the woman in whiteiest of the stories that I wrote in that collection. Uh, <laughs> the goddess within was the goddess withiniest of the stories that I wrote here. Okay. I was going to ask you first about the structure. Why did you date the different sections of the story? Is that just creativity out of the blue, or did oh, you have a reason? Uh, I was imagining it like uh, almost like a transcript, which is part of why the formatting is the way it is. Okay. Uh, I see and, what like, you mean. Characters, characters like speaking is, I mean, like the first, the whole first like thing is just like, the episode of television plus like a couple producer notes or whatever, you know, right. like it breaks out every once in a while. Um, but yeah, I was imagining it like a kind of like a transcript of what happened. Um, and I felt like that gave it kind of like a, uh, yeah, it's kind of like a religious kind of, um, I don't, I, I, I don't know, like, uh, boldness to the, to the, just like here, like, like, like the imminence of the day. It's just like, this is like gonna be like, uh, cause I, I feel like this is maybe part one of this story, but like, um, you know, how, how like it, it was like that's gonna be whatever it was, July 20th or whatever the first date is gonna be remembered as that. And then October 21st and October 24th, you know, like these, well, I understand that. Yeah, there's significant, there's significant events happened on the day, and yeah. people will remember them. That's going to be how you remember that miracle. Did you choose yeah. July twenty sixth, twenty twenty two, for any particular reason, or was that just random? Uh, well, so October twenty first was when I started like writing this. Story. I don't know why I chose. I think July twenty sixth was maybe when I finished the last when I finished Women in White. Okay. 
And then I wanted there to be like enough of a period in between the first and the second. I mean, they obviously could not really start a TV channel in that time, but at least have like maybe. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about a supernatural being. Maybe she could push it along a little bit faster. So there had to be a couple months, I guess, between the first and the second. Um, yeah. And then the last one, I think it's under eight. Uh, yeah, I don't think there was any special significance to that. Um, it, just, it needed to be a little bit while after, and like maybe when they were starting to like assemble their taxes. <laughs> that, was, that was one of the dumber jokes. I mean, just like having like a religious, miraculous experience at an IRS office. Yeah, that was that funny. Was, like that's in, in my notes as like this like ha- that was a non-negotiable. <laughs> that was a good ending. That was funny to me. Uh, but speaking of supernatural beings, my um, sense is that the the genesis of the idea, maybe, of the story was someone actually achieving the nirvana or whatever it is you seek to achieve uh, being a yoga a person or someone who's serious about yoga. Is that yeah. the genesis of... So, this is, a, is a, a, actually a little bit more specific. Um, I was talking, like, my friends and I were discussing because uh, like I, I have like a lot of like new age friends but um, we're talking about uh, Oprah and like some of the like a, a lot of the ideas that they'll talk about on her show or like the secret which plays a big role in right. the story um, they're like bastardizations or trivializations of like you know, 5,000-year-old, like, Buddhist wisdom or, right. you know, ancient wisdom, like, it actually meant something to people. And now it's like, this is a way to organize your gardening shed or whatever. This is a way to, like, uh, you know, right. uh, not get mad at your kids' soccer games as much or something, like, just, just trivialization. So, yeah, that was kind of the mode of the whole thing was just... Uh, yeah, and then it was like, what if, what if it was actually true? What if you were a goddess, Oprah? What if, like, you could actually change the substance, the natural substance of the world because you're a supernatural being? And then I was like, she probably wouldn't believe it. <laughs> like, she wouldn't like actually. And then that idea of like a like a, 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 a an atheistic god, a god who doesn't like actually believe in uh, you know uh, the ability to supernaturally create or destroy things in the world. Uh, that was also funny to me. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of the main character's story is kind of based off of that. Um, now, I don't want to be rude, but were you imp- were you saying that you have friends who take the Oprah segments about oh, no, The Secret well, seriously, or...? So I have friends who are, I mean, like, I, I'm, you know, in comedy and, in, 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 you know, any kind of performing circles, there are, you know, more spiritualistic people, but mm-hmm. they are, like, offended by I see, I see. how far trivialized. Yes. Or, I mean, I have friends who are, like, studying Buddhist, and it's, yeah, it's like, oh, I wish, you know, like, like there's this kind of, it's nice. That these people are getting something right out of the tradition. It's similar uh, to, but they should like. It's nice that a CIA agent could cure their <laughs> headaches, but they shouldn't be CIA agents. Yeah, you 
Well, it's it's like yeah, the... Um, so that would be the real thing, the video left. It's similar to perhaps the offensiveness of Joel Osteen to people that take mm-hmm. sacrifice of living sort of a an abstentious mm-hmm. life. Like, it's just right. it's totally the opposite of what I think, you know, most people would get from a strict reading of a religion. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're out there kind of using it as a self-help, like, very trite uh, yeah, I was definitely down. thinking about that in the context of like you know where I live. What I like, I mean, I do yoga every day. I'm not exactly like a, I don't exactly you know, I'm not exactly like a new age spiritualist. But like, yeah, that that is the version of that of that trivialization, that banalization, to use Rick Roderick's term. Uh, but just, I, I was definitely thinking in terms of, uh, yeah, all, all the you know religions have you know, very economically successful versions of that kind of... Right. The, the banal version of the religion, or at least in America. But Kiki um, Kiki doesn't come that. off as sort of a charlatan. She comes off as not... No. Maybe not like... Um, I was very... I was very deliberate about her because, like, there was a way that it could be, like... You know, like she's manipulating people, or like she's like just trying to make money or something. Right. But I thought it was funnier and like truer if she was like good natured. Like she's a good boss. She's like a really nice person to right. be around. She would cook, you know, quinoa and uh, you know what did we talk about like bell peppers and quinoa and like, right. She cook clean food for you, and yeah, she. she You'd be like a good person to to know. Um, I, I also kind of just like imagine that kind of charlatan, that kind of uh, yeah, that like uh, hypocritical, maybe fundamentalist pastor who's like a millionaire and sleeps around on his wife and et cetera, et cetera. That kind of like almost like superficial. Hypocritical character. Right, it's kind of boring. Like it's car- not interesting to me. Right. It's, it's too caricatured. It's just like, yeah. Right, I'm just, I'm fine with that not ever being done again. Mm-hmm. I agree. And so, yeah, she's, uh, <clears throat> I definitely not, don't think, like, disrespected or caricatured by the narration. Uh, she just doesn't believe in God. And then when she becomes God, it's, oh, <laughs> huh. Yeah. Took a minute. Um, I was going to say, she seems like someone who really thinks that these precepts could help people. But she's sort of oh, yeah. she's sort of going down a road where it's like, accidentally and almost. She also she's... Like lives in the world. Mm-hmm. I also, right. she, she wasn't like some, like, a, a, a special... She's, she's like not a an ascetic. Character, but yeah, she's not, you know, living on one grain of rice per day or whatever. Yeah, she's making a living. It's kind of like yeah. if you sold Bibles or if you sold the Baghdad Vita. I can't pronounce that. But you know what I mean? It's almost like... I can't Yeah, it's almost like, oh, I'm I, I'm into this stuff and I can also make my living it off of it. And then it, yeah, exactly. it works It works out so uh, astoundingly well an accident because she's she's actually good at yeah, achieving the end like her energy is kind of inspired by friends of mine who have a similar um you'll meet people in performing circles some of whom are just like really supportive just like <clears> the <throat> like 
the mothers of every group they're in. Uh, yeah, so she was kind of inspired by any number of those people. Gotcha. Now, Darren, who, he's not hes not the only other character, but he stood out more than a lot yeah, of the other characters. Yeah, uh, John the Baptist or something, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there aren't, like, direct, I didn't want to do direct <laughs> with the other, yeah. But, well, how the hell is he uh, like John the Baptist? Directly. Because he's well, more, like he's, oh, do you mean, like, he's sort of a proselyte and trying to he, he, achieve he, the same he, thing? Hypothetically, was, like, I don't know before and then she starts to become right right uh, i see what you mean yeah like he's frustrated Uh, that he is not as spiritual as kiki right there's uh i think maybe one of the first things i wrote was that scene because that was the 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 scene when he's like trying to to do trying to uh after she does the, the the first you know uh july 26th or whatever and then he tries to replicate it at home, and he's, you know, unable to do that. That was, yeah, that, that clarified that character for me. He, um, um, he's more memorable, I think, than Kiki. His monologues, first of all, I remembered the one about... He does talk longer. He talks a lot more, yeah. Um, <laughs> the monologues about children and childhood stood out to me as memorable. When um, I thought that was really oh, good. good. Yeah, when he talked about how childhood isn't... A happy so place. He's a little bit of. I definitely thought about this like explicitly. The character in uh, Scarlet Letter. I think it's Roger Chillingsworth. Because hmm. he's a pastor who can like preach better because he's actually committed sin. He's hmm. the one who has had the, the the affair. I assume. Yeah. So I I think. That, I, I forget exactly. It's been a decade or fifteen years or something since I read that book. Um, but yeah, for for Darren, I, I imagine he's like able to. Yeah, those like I know what you uh, mean. Yeah, highfalutin long speeches that he's able to give. That's because he has indulged the darker side of the the, the, the <laughs> well. He's frustrated. He's frustrated at not achieving. Uh, the ends that Kiki so has. That right? is that's kind of like, um, yeah, that's, that's definitely something. I, I I think a lot of times we imagine people who have you know spiritual insights or kind of like a, a wiser outlook on the world as people who are like only that, but um, <clears throat> that like Hawthornian insight of like people who. Like, you have to have made a mistake to know how to not make that, or to, you know, yeah. be aware of the mistake or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, that very, like, human reality of anyone who has, like, an interesting thing to say has an interesting thing to say because they suck, <laughs> or they have sucked. <laughs> they have done cringe. Um, and that's, that, that's maybe why he's more memorable, and why he's, like, able, or why he's, like, just talking all the time on stage, why he's, like... Uh, I mean, she's like a good interviewer or whatever, but she doesn't like give those long speeches on stage because uh, I, I feel like she would just have less to say because she's not going through those like sine wave up and down. True. And that is, he is definitely uh, inspired by friends of mine who have uh, a, a certain spiritual wisdom about them that also will destroy their controller playing FIFA. <laughs> 
you know. Uh, you just get like so, that was so mad that they throw it and break it in half. Okay, yeah. It's interesting that you have drawn so much inspiration from friends for this story. Um, I mean, I guess yeah, that's inevitable, right? Deity <laughs> your, your deity friends. Your deity friends. That's funny. Uh, what was I going to say? Y- you know, I really, I thought the ending was, was apt um, at the IRS <laughs> office. I was gonna, let's go back to it being the goofiest story. I mean... Yeah. Do, do you really... It's just jokes. It's just a lot of jokes. Do, do you feel like... I'm going to ask you this about the third the third story. But do you feel like okay. you ever come up with a a lesson or a, 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 a thing that you want to convey before the story? Or does the story always come first? Because... Uh, well, certainly, definitely in this case, uh, there's not... I wouldn't... I mean, there are kind of overarching mental gestures that I'm... Uh, displaying, uh, like I said, that that, that banalization, um, and a lot of the jokes are kind of, you know, inspired by that same, like the the fake acorn thing. Uh, she has like a mystical experience looking at an acorn, and then right. comes up with a way to sell it as like a you know felt acorn to remind you of. But I mean, do you come uh, up with? Do you have dis- reality of the world. Do you see that happen and have disdain for the people that do it and then write the story, or or is that sort of a second? I mean, it doesn't come off as preachy or anything, but I just wondered if, uh, especially I'm with the third glad. story, yeah, especially with the um, third story, I was going to ask you if that ever preceded the the plot or the characters. Um, Certainly not. Yeah, definitely not in this one. We can talk about it more, I guess, in the third. I I, I hope I was not successful in not having a theme in the third one, too. Um, maybe not as much, because, yeah, the, 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 I mean, like I said, this is a lot of jokes. Um, I agree with that. There's, it's there's just the first of a, one... Less of a temptation. The first story, you kind of come away with the... Um, the tone is alter- alternating between the you know the uh funeral wedding funeral the 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 content yeah but it it alternates between serious or at least um uh like earnest since yeah earnest observations that you've sort of i I suppose had insights about um and then the sponsored content and it kind you kind of you kind of leave that one thinking wow that was uh that was kind of a mixed bag there and you go into this this goofy one, um, but but you definitely, in other words, I, I guess what I'm saying is you carry over the concepts from the first story into this one, meaning, like the ending when you're talking about how, um, at the ending of the first one. Let me I underlined it where you say any realizations, any lessons, any final conclusions that we can put mm. into words are probably either uselessly obvious or constructed through self satisfying shortcuts and delusions. And I thought about that paragraph. <clears throat> pretty good and i said you know like that's dogs learning how to be trained by the invisible fence dogs. yeah yeah you're basically saying it's trite to sort of say oh you go through something and learn something from it and become a better person and move forward and... yeah yeah <laughs> and then i guess that's kind of what i get from the at least from, I'm saying if I was going to guess what the writer thought, I you know, what you're saying. from the so, religion. Yeah, there, there, there aren't like, 
Exactly. The, the second and third pieces aren't supposed to be, oh, here's the lesson. Here's how to be a better, you know, Buddhist. Right. <laughs> or something. Here's how to be a better banker. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, see, I, I, I definitely have, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm still a dogmatic athlete, aestheticist. Um, as I was maybe when I was originally reading Oscar Wilde or Walter Pater or anybody. Um, but that's definitely, uh, still, yeah, I, 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 that's definitely still like a, uh, big, big reality of, of, of my work, a, a big thing that like if I, yeah, I, I don't necessarily avoid having like a theme or a lesson or whatever. But just like, yeah, that, that is just not, I, I would hate for, uh, if I felt something crystallizing into something so specific, I would, I would, yeah, I would throw it out for being trite. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Woman in White there, I mean, what's the lesson of the flood? I don't know. Uh, what's the theme? Well, we talked I mean, about death. Lesson in, in facing death. Well, I mean, it's, 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 it's a theme in that it like comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. But um, other than, yeah, it just, it's like a leitmotif. I don't know if there's like a, here's how you do it. Yeah, no, and I, I obviously prefer there wouldn't be. I mean, I'm definitely not implying there should be. Um, if you want to... Uh, I wasn't saying that you were. I'm just... No, okay. Uh, I feel like that is kind of how a lot of people deal with literature and just, I agree I mean people don't deal with literature anymore at all anyways but like movies if they have whatever like a bad yeah theme or bad lessons or whatever it's like how dare Martin Scorsese have characters who are cool but also kill people right that will tell people to be cool and kill people right or it's cool to kill people um, yeah and that's just such a like infantile I, mean, I that, that's totally someone there for literature for an eight-year-old you, like, you should be telling eight-year-olds what to do or not to do, because they're eight. They're insane. They're crazy. But, yeah, if we're adults, we should be, you know, able to read literature that doesn't, like, have to tell us what to do. Yeah. Uh, the Odyssey doesn't need to be a travel guide, you know? It can just, yeah. <laughs> so, what are you going to find? I was going to give an example, which I love Woody Allen movies, and I remember recommending mm-hmm. a movie, and the person said... I can't stand how he always has the, the, the older guy going after the the younger girl. And I was like, that's, that's your objection to Woody Allen movies? I, could, I, I just thought that was the stupidest thing to say, you know, in the whole... I, yeah, I'm like, object to I mean, anything I besides that. If you're, if, you're, if you're, like, watching a Woody Allen marathon, or if you're talking about... Yeah. Like, when we're talking about it's, Faulkner, when you're really getting down to, like, the nitty-gritty of, like... No, they objected morally, artists, like, in life, if people say, do that. It's a small myth of, you know, a, a writer to only be able to write... Because Woody Allen is attracted to younger women, Yeah, it's true. No. Um, That's a, maybe a bad so example, like, but... I, you can you can be like you could make an argument that that's like he's not a you know a writer who can expand outside of himself or he's not a writer who does is true. worried to expand outside of himself. Yeah, that's a fair. But that would be like a criticism, right? That wouldn't be like a don't watch it criticism. That would just right. be like a no. Yeah, again, when you're when you're getting under the hood and as if really deep into no, he, they were or doesn't do. They were like acting as if the character was their. 
friend they did it wrong. who they, they objected it to. They did it bad. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, what are you talking about? That's not a real person. Anyway, yeah. so stupid. Uh, I totally agree with you well, about that. And the irreality of our lives nowadays make it so that the irreality of art oh. doesn't really... I actually do agree with that. I swear to God, I bet most people talk like that or think like that about, oh, this HBO show. I object to the morals or the politics of the main character. At at Tony Soprano. And it's like, (laughs) you're watching a movie. You're watching a show about a mob boss. He kills people, dude. Yeah. I I, I totally agree with you. I always... The stupidest... The stupidest example was Seinfeld, and like I saw, there's like this guy on Twitter who got roasted, thankfully, uh, for saying that Seinfeld, the characters in Seinfeld are mean. Mm. And it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I hate that criticism when things are no. mean. I hate when people say anything's mean that's funny. It's like that is gonna happen a lot when things are funny. Yeah. It's gonna come off mean to you. If you identify with the person about whom the joke the person. Yeah. is based on. Anyway. All right. That was a tangent. But, um, no, that's, that's totally fair when discussing my uh, everything I've put out. Um, yeah. It's a very <clears throat> fair tangent. Well, it's difficult. I would say this, though, about because I, I'm with you about when you criticize something. I always go to, in my head, the writer, and I'm like, you know, I say, like Tony Soprano, you maybe could have written it where I identify better with Tony Soprano. Okay, that could be an objection. Something, yeah. But it's like... Oh, no, I'm not saying Tony Soprano is a perfect character. Yeah, no, 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 I know, I I know. Very, very well done. But, yeah. uh, No, I'm I'm giving an example of... Objections to technique, not to content. Right, but... but, Yeah. But I think it's difficult to read something or watch something and not try to, and this is me maybe, so maybe it's my problem, but not try to get into what the author or the writer was getting at in their head. Like, how did you arrive at this? Kind of like we've been discussing about your stories. I mean, the background and filling in, like, where the concept originated or germinated from is always interesting to me. Yeah, but I feel like that's very different than... I mean, that's, yeah, that's just like being interested in a work, being interested in the writer. Sure. It, yeah, like, being interested in, like, you know, where did Leopold Bloom <clears throat> come from for, for Joyce? What were the influences? Is, is, yeah, very different than what is Leopold Bloom telling me about how to be a better right. canvasser? <laughs> Twelve lessons of life for, from, from uh, the Odyssey, from, from, from Ulysses. Um, don't let your son die. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't give it away. All right. <laughs> well, he's dead the whole time. He doesn't die. Rudy is dead. Oh, I see. Before the plot happens. Okay. Do you, I mean, uh, he doesn't let Stephen Daedalus die. He protects Stephen Daedalus. Okay, I'm glad that you told me that. No, um, no <laughs> I don't want you to be nervous. <laughs> um, are you good to move on to the third story? Yeah. Okay. It is what it is. It is what it is. Do you hate that phrase or something? Is that something so? Someone... I hate that phrase. Yeah. I hate it too. <laughs> that is... I hate it too. <laughs> I, I this is like a Shakespearean naming convention of like a comedy piece with. I, 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 doesn't it? I, 
you don't have to agree. But I was inspired by, you know, What You Will or As You Like It mm-hmm. or All's Well That Ends Well, that kind of title. Um, That's funny. Yeah, I, have, I hate It Is What It Is. I had like 40 different ideas for, because this one doesn't necessarily, didn't necessarily lend itself to like an obvious title like The Goddess right. Was In. Right. Um, yeah, this is the one where I, I stumbled on it eventually, and it was like, oh yeah, that's perfect. Um, it doesn't, it isn't in the text at all, but it's like, uh, it's more of just like a tonal thing, I guess. Again, like with the, with the Shakespeare comedies. Um, but yeah, here it's like, I don't know, sarcastic. Well, I think uh, any some happier endings <laughs> than this. I think most people that have a a job you know, daily. I would say go into the office, but that's kind of like not a thing right now. Yeah, that's pretty uh, Oddly enough. Um, would envy this Ethan Powell's income, I would say, yeah. most people. Especially well, the... Yeah, that was very deliberately, I wanted to put that first. I wanted your first, <laughs> in, your first contact it's in your face. with him. $310,000 a year Have you met a 30-year-old. No- I will say actually he doesn't he doesn't I, I don't know I, I'm gonna I don't know if he comes off as this type of person but have you ever met anyone that tells you what they make when you first meet them I cannot stand those people they are terrible I mean there are people oh, that will tell you their income who do that? oh yes oh yeah oh jeez <laughs> absolutely it's, uh, hard the, to, it's hard to satire these people because yeah. It's it, it's hard to imagine, but I've it's happened more than once where it'll come out in conversation the first time I meet certain types of people, what they earn a year. Talk to that person ever again? Nope, no, no, no. It's it's definitely a deal breaker for me, but uh, um, <laughs> that's kind of what it reminds me of. Speaking of how speaking of how hard it is to, uh, yeah, Ethan would be casual, like yeah, he would be fine with those people. Um, speaking of how hard it is to like parody or satire certain people, there are a few things in the in in the story that are just like things that people do, like right. the Peter Thiel well, vampire thing, where he has like twenty five year olds that he takes blood from, or not takes blood from, but has their blood injected into his body. Really, I could, you can't do anything with that. Yeah, Peter Thiel well, has twenty five year olds that he takes their blood of. Well, let me ask you, why uh, did you why did you attempt to then, or why did you approach the this particular oh, no, topic? I, I just I just brought it. So that, that's um, no, I know. Uh, okay, this is just I, I just copied it. <laughs> I copied and pasted. Because um, again, yeah, there's there's no transforming that you can really do to parody that. Or there was a very brief. Thing in the second section where he's doing the, where he's sitting through the ethical seminar, that is based off of ethics seminars I have that have been relayed to me. That like thing about cats and dogs or animals and plants teaching you about ethics, <laughs> that is something that was relayed to me, and it was like, yep, I can't do anything to that. <laughs> <laughs> that is as stupid as it can be. I was gonna say that could have um, been that, that could have been for me. Oh, it might have been. I think it actually was from Chase. No, no, no. I, I'm not saying in working, particular, but yeah. No, but I mean... That's how stupid they are. Anyways, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's not like that far off. Um, so, yeah. Like, that kind of just completely fucking useless business ethics. Like, it's... Yeah, Absolutely. Just don't have it. <laughs> just don't do it. <laughs> oh, my God. They're um, mind-numbing. 
It's that yeah. simplistic. You know, I loved, I really liked that part of the, the story when they were trying to say, anyone, anyone have any reason why stealing might be against the rules? <laughs> no one has anything to say. If we steal $2.7 billion from people, why, why would they be mad? Uh, what could be bad about it? Well, but the true thing is, you're in, you're in these, um, you have to go to these, you know, whatever. Well, I these... don't blame them for not right. having answers. Right, right, right. It's like, so beneath you your intelligence that you like, don't answer. Yeah, it's wrong to steal. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, what else could I say? Yeah. That, that, I felt that one. Steal from the elderly. <laughs> okay, so yeah. this is where I would like to ask you about the uh, the moral of the story because... I, and I, I don't have much to, to, to draw from, so forgive me, but I'm going to draw from uh, Citizen Kane when they I was watching an interview, and that was one of the questions to Orson Welles. It's like, did the story come first, or did your dislike of materialism and conspicuous consumption come first? You know, um, because it's such a strong statement, I think, against living this way. Yeah. That. That, that, that that's why I kind of wanted to leave this part of the discussion for later. Because uh, yeah, I think here, um, the, I think that so much of the story comes out of, you know, like you say, how I how I feel about materialism, <clears throat> um, how I feel about the neuroses that develop if, if if you kind of live your life this way. Right. The kind of, I mean. Yeah, there, there's, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's so hard to divorce my feelings about this type of person from my writing of this type of person, <laughs> from the, of, the, of this person. That, I mean, why would you want I, to spend time have, with like, a specific last like lesson to give? But I feel like. Um, I don't know, like, 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 it certainly has a perspective, has like a way of thinking about, right, uh, accumulation of business and commerce. I, it, as a writer, though, and I know this is a short story, but why would you want to spend so much time with Ethan Powell? <laughs> uh, well, that if that's is, how you feel, it's a short story because it's not a novel. <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely had like. Uh, I don't know if I had like a novel. I certainly didn't now have a novel's worth, but I I I wonder if a person could have written a novel out of it. Um, I don't know if it's like the same, you know, like like. Well, you wouldn't you uh, have to make it? Wouldn't you have to make it someone that people were more sympathetic to to write a novel long story about? Uh, I feel maybe not so much sympathetic to as like compelled by mm-hmm. i feel like you could make a novel about an evil person right um but this guy is barely like he's he's he's, he's bad he's a bad man <laughs> he makes a company that's explicitly like how could i break how could i be unethical <laughs> and make a lot of money and he's just wondering about that it accidentally comes up with the name of his or the you know the type of company um and he doesn't seem to be troubled by the like people who use his product and commit suicide and uh he's specifically not guilty about anything i feel like that's something that i feel when i you know see jeff bezos or mark zuckerberg where like 
I feel like an earlier, or, or, or if you're like a religious person, um, or like a more like times when we had a, like a more religious public uh, life, um, I feel like guilt or shame or something like uh, played more of a part in hmm. kind of the you, you know like if you're like a John Rockefeller or something, um, either like expunging yourself from guilt. Or yes, there, there is something going on there. This kind of like uh, neurotic sense of owing people something, or um, yeah, there, there, there was something. I feel like that just doesn't exist for a certain wealthy person now. I mean, they're not right. to say that every wealthy person is irreligious, but like the most wealthy people in in, in America are not religious people, right? Um, and I don't feel like guilt is really what's driving anything. You Do you know, think that relation or their charity or anything like that? But do you think that that could be a factor of their existence being so complicated by the time they get that high up? Like Ethan is in in at the top of his company and it's very successful, but he's so disconnected from the evil or whatever's happening that. Yeah, so would be construed it's, as it's parenthetical, right? If I remember correctly, it's like four people committed suicide. Um, right. So you're, yeah, I think, I think, I think that's very like like Jeff Bezos or Mark Zuckerberg isn't dealing with you know like the you know like overselling this thing here or Mark Zuckerberg isn't like individually saying, hey, let's we could get more engagement in you know. East Timor, if we start a revolution in East Timor, if we start a race riot in Detroit or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's what the algorithm is, actually. Hmm. I, I definitely think um, I stumbled on it, but like uh, these, I, I, I feel a kind of like, I, I mean, I, I certainly dislike somebody like Jeff Bezos, but, but it's, it, 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 it's, it's, it's almost like if he wasn't there, somebody else would be there to service the algorithm. Mm-hmm. Like there's like a, it, it, at this point, it's kind of like it's going to happen. Well, I was that's a good you point, know? and it's also appropriate in so relation to banking. Guilt, it, 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 individual guilt isn't really right. a question at that point. Um, right. No one individually is really that guilty. Even the person who, you know. Make, turns the switch and starts the race riot in East Timor, they're just like, you know, it's probably not even a person anymore, actually. <laughs> it's like somebody's code that they wrote 15 years ago that they're not even, like, you know, servicing anymore. Yeah. Um, it's just being applied here or something like that. It's an interesting question when it comes down to who is guilty inside of a system, especially when you conclu- yeah. if you conclude that a system is wrong or bad. Okay. And like, like I work at a bank. Okay. And if you conclude that the banking system is inherently evil or immoral, I mean, you have culpability if you work for it after you have come to that realization. And it's like, where, where do you do with that? Where do you go if your system is set up to be (laughs) dependent upon that system? I mean, I'm speaking as somebody who who, like, would like the world to be different. But Mm -hmm. like, if all the people who think like that leave banks, <laughs> we're just left with these immoral, hush right. banks, you know? Uh, so that's not good either. That's, <laughs> that's true. That's what we want. That's a paradox of, you know, like 
the just like contemporary social action, yeah. solidaristic action. How does how does that even happen? If you know you have to leave the bank to make the to 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 be a, a good person anymore, you know. And it's irrelevant to, like you were saying, to the conclusion, uh, someone would re- would replace me. It's not relevant whether I work there. Right, it's not like you're good, yeah. Um, even Jeff Bezos, like I said, even Jeff Bezos, you could replace right. him. Uh, no offense to Jeff, but... <laughs> yeah, I agree you know, with you. There would be somebody there. They're, 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 he's not some special... No one is like the special... No one is one that important. Thing. Right. Right. Like we always talk about. Like he actually might be that important for that kind of fake company that just sells stock. Well, I know, but it it goes back to our... But some some other showman could be like that. Well, it goes back to our mutual, although probably minutely or at least, um, you know, like if we got into the weeds, it would be differing between our opinions. But whose president is irrelevant? The question is not yeah. who's president, but it's such a significant, like in people's heads, it's so significant. But it's like, no, not if you right. if you start to realize how the system works and what's going on, there is really very, 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 very little difference between obviously Joe Biden and Trump and their approach to, yeah. you know, COVID. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that was so, I mean, Joe Biden got in office and was just like, the same, it was just like, we hope the vaccines save it. <laughs> we hope the vaccines <clears throat> stop it. You know, it was, it was, yeah. I mean, there's uh, no he, distinguishing. It was, it was so obvious that he, he like gave the rest of the check. Yeah. It was like you know they they promised two thousand dollar checks and and there is like just so obvious they gave us six hundred and then here's another fourteen hundred. It's just like they're two halves of a thing. Yeah. So it's it reminds me of that. But anyway, I mean, yeah, that's... that is the grating thing about you know the the what you, postmodern post postmodern condition is um, even if we had like the willpower, which I don't know if we have the willpower to change how the the the, the current dispensation, but even if that existed, yeah, it's 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 uh, there's so many cases of like the person who would change it would be the person who just left their ability to change it in in order to help change it. I I actually had an interesting conversation recently with someone who's extremely wealthy. And I've been reading a lot about what, what money actually is, okay? So versus the system, versus like how do you make money? More like economically, what is money and, and so forth. And this person who is very wealthy and to their credit, I suppose, is engaged in giving it away, okay, right now, as their life goal. Um, the merits of that being irrelevant, I guess, to this conversation, had yeah. never had never considered anything about what I was talking about. I was basically talking about <laughs> what is money, why is it the way it is, um, and they literally were, as I realized in the conversation, they had lived their life... In, in response to incentives. Wow. And like Ethan Powell, they were just right. extraordinarily good at doing the, ins- like, earning money in the system. Right. Without any without. thought about I mean, the you, meaning. You have to not think about it, almost. Like, uh, 
But don't you think some yeah. people have a knack for it? And it's like it's interesting that the thought about that endeavor doesn't go deeper than earning a dollar more yeah. than than you had before is a good thing. Yeah, that's such a that, that that that's the thing I was actually thinking about in relation to writing, where like as a writer, it's like everything just there's no bottom. <laughs> We're always thinking about like style and. Mm-hmm. It's, word and its placement i'm like looking up etymologies all the time i'm like mm-hmm. learning about like the you know germanic roots of, of our language and yeah you're always like you know shakespeare's talking about like the words are just the glove you're turning in and out and it's like the more you work on it the more you think about it the more um yeah you're just like constructing it and deconstructing it and like looking through it and that's not something you have to do for basketball <laughs> that's something you have to do you know, in in most professions. True. Um, and then, yeah, you can be a billionaire who, yeah, hasn't really seriously uh, contemplated, I don't know, the Marxist critique of money or something. Um, like the Marxist idea of where money came from and how it, how it, what it, what purpose it serves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You are, you know, you can get your degree in uh, PPE from Duke having read two sentences of every paragraph of the papers that would maybe have like started you to think on uh, about other things, ways of accumulate or other ways to think about accumulation of wealth. But yeah, you only had to read those two sentences per paragraph, you know, of the sociology class that you were required to take. Yeah. I would not underestimate the level of, what am I trying to say? Any, I don't know. You you sent me down a road remembering UNC innocent. business students. It's a kind of innocence. Like there's a, there's a kind of innocence to to. I don't I, yeah, I don't know if you'd call it innocence. I guess, but like inculpability incapa- because of incapability, or just like I guess Ethan could have thought maybe I don't know. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it, it comes down to influences in your life. I mean, if somebody had brought this to Ethan's attention, perhaps his trajectory would have been different. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But of course we start in the we start yeah. in the middle when he's um Yeah. Already, already earning money. Yeah, we're we're yeah, he's already uh on his path. But it is it is odd how simplistic the goal is of people yeah. like Ethan. It's a very yeah. attainable as long as you look up how to do I mean you can figure out how to do it, how to earn money. Yeah. Anyone can yeah, earn more I, I, money. I, I, I specifically didn't want him to be like a genius. Right. Because That's what I was I trying to say. Yeah. Up with like a decent way of getting people out of their money and, you know, into his hedge fund or whatever. I don't even know if it would be legal. I don't think it would be legal, but. Well, you reminded me of a particular person. You reminded me oh, of, really? yeah, this guy named Grant Cardone. He does it in real estate. He does a very similar thing to Ethan where he pulls money from people who aren't accredited mm-hmm. investors. And it's a very risky okay. thing that I think what he's doing is immoral you, because he's... You in, can make money. Oh, yeah. I mean, that even... So, like... It's very in similar. In that conversation where they're talking about... In the, in the you know, uh, business ethics seminar, um, I was, it was, like, a very deliberate decision that I made that he doesn't even call what he's doing immoral or he doesn't even talk about you know these ideas that he's having about how to steal money from people yeah <laughs> it just leads of, to he says ethically dot 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 you know like ethically <clears throat> you know like a gesture you imagine like you know, you know what i'm saying ethically 
you know, <laughs> ethically. And yeah, there's not even like a, he doesn't even con- complete the, the, the sentence of like, oh, ethically wrong, ethically dubious at least, ethically right. bad. <laughs> it's not even, he doesn't even like allow, is like the thought just doesn't even finish. Now, I suppose I was going to bring something up about we have we only have like three minutes left on this recording, but I was going to bring up something um, along the lines of how socialists speak about uh, socialism having never been tried. Um, I suppose it probably will ring the same to your ears if I were to say this isn't necessarily um, pure capitalism or something. It's more like a corrupt. that is like a, a, a thing you can say about, you know, Marxist mm-hmm. ideas, but also something you can say about capitalism. Right. Do you, do you, I mean, in other words, your, your perspective of how these people are, I mean, it's inside of a system that's corrupt, right? It's not necessarily inside of a, a well-meaning free society. Um, um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of like an existing, yeah, this is, I mean, it's not necessarily a critique of capitalism, I would say, per se, because it's more like well, where we're at. It's more I mean, a critique of where we're at. So there's, I think there's two different things. I think there's capitalism as just, you know, like a descriptive term of like... Like a theory. This, this is capitalism, as opposed to the theory, which like the ideology that has kind of... I, I think it even like post-states. Because I, I don't think they were doing enclosure with the ideas of Milton Friedman in mind. Um, but yeah, the, the, we, 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 yeah, it doesn't matter what came first or second. But yeah, if you're talking about like the free market capitalism of Milton Friedman's, you know, ideas, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, yeah, that, that critique is entirely different theoretical because the thing is entirely theoretical. Unless you're making an argument that it's just like an instrumental argument, this is like ideology is just like an instrumental argument to like allay our fears about like the actual thing that's happening to us or something. No, I'm trying to. I'm um, just trying to point out not, that it's not in the text. <laughs> I'm just trying to point out it I didn't. What you're it, this, yeah, it, it, much as I, it, I mean, my own personal politics aside, yeah, this is just like a. Uh, exploration of the thing that exists, or yeah, know, I mean, some of the exactly. science fictiony, like the cryogenic chambers, and uh, again, like I, I don't know what he if what he was doing would be legal or what. I didn't really care that much, right? Um, but yeah, it, it, well, it, it happens it, fast. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely happens really fast. Uh, so yeah. it comes off as not outlandish, but less probable than you know, a meandering, slow story to someone building their wealth or, and then being a Cretan or something. But, yeah. All right, anyway, uh, we're out of time. The Goddess Within. Okay. And uh, 10 seconds. Read it or die, or don't. Is that what you said? (laughs) Read it or don't. Read it or die. Read it or don't, but you can say read it or die. That'll be a good last one. Read it or die. All right.